Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. These guys are amazing. Uh, I want to give some honor where honor's due. I want to thank all of our pe- people who work with the Next Gen Department. So if you're a kid worker, a youth worker, will you stand up right now? Can we give you some love right now? Come on, let's support them. There's a few of you guys. Come on. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for working with our young people. Uh, man, we are all about camps. We believe that camps do change lives. I was one of those students that somebody scholarshiped to camp, and when I got there, I was radically changed. I was, I was called in the ministry at camp. I was exercising my spiritual gifts at a camp, and I, I've never been the same. So camp, do, camp does matter. I can't think of a better thing to invest in than the hearts of young people, and camp is that. So uh, if you could do it, please support them financially, but most importantly, pray for them spiritually invest in them. Take some time in the next few weeks as we're building into camp that that you would pray for our team, you would pray for our students, and you would pray for this amazing camp season because I I just think that these kids are gonna come back and they're gonna be such an influence and such an impact in their campuses this fall. Do you believe that? Come on, join me as we pray for camps. But uh, we we are going to kick off our our summer series and I just wanna pray that our hearts will be ready for what God has. Are you ready for what God has? I hope that's why you came. I hope that's why you came. I know there's some good people around you, but I hope that you're hungry for the word of God. So let's pray for that and ask the Lord to speak to us like he's continuing to speak to us throughout this week. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be among your people. We thank you, God, for what you're already doing in our midst, Lord. But I pray that in this moment that we posture ourselves as a listener. You said those that have ears, let them hear what the spirit of God is saying. And I pray that today, God, that we just silence all the noise around us whether it's a restless heart, whether it's a full mind. Lord, I pray right now, God, this is all about you. We pray that you would have your way in us, that your word would be planted in our hearts. We pray, God, that we would all join in saying this, Lord, as a prayer together. Yes and amen to you. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen, amen. amen. Well, if it's your first time here, welcome to Grace Church. I'm so glad you're with us. Uh, I know there's some that are not here because they're out having fun. They're out there. This is going to be fun, but, you know, they're out there doing vacations and relaxing, and I think that's awesome. This summer, you're going to come in and out. Stay connected to the teachings. There's a podcast for you, but, uh, but we, we think that's important that you invest in family, invest in friendships, invest in getting some rest, and so we, we're excited, but stay connected. Stay plugged in. Uh, lots of good stuff during the summer season. Well, we're kicking off our first summer series, and it's, it's about the book of Proverbs. We're going to dig, dig a deeper dive into the book of Proverbs. This series is called Words to the Wise. Everybody say, Words to the Wise. Words Just want to make sure you're with me this morning. I need your energy this morning. Uh, so we all know what a proverb is, right? I think most of us are familiar with the Proverbs uh, or a proverb in our lives. Uh, but let me just define it for just a moment so that we're all on the same page. This is a proverb. It is a short, memorable saying that holds a general truth or a piece of advice embedded in it. I mean, some of you guys are getting your, your proverbs from fortune cookies, okay? That's not a good place. <laughs> Uh, but we have Proverbs all over, like we, they're, they're part of our lives. I think that as you look back at ancient culture, you see that they use these bite-sized uh, words of advice or truth, and they, they, they pass it on to generations. They wanted it to be memorable so somebody would remember it and then learn how to apply it to their lives, these words of wisdom, these nuggets of wisdom. 
Well, they're still part of our culture today, believe it or not. Like, we continue to do this. Every country, every group of people, we all have things that we pass on. I mean, I lived in the South for a little while, and they always had these cool little proverbs, these cool little sayings that made you remember things that were important. Come on, how many of you guys remember some proverbs that were passed on by your family? Come on, raise your hand. You can be interactive here, okay? That's okay. But we have these proverbs, we like this, and uh, in our culture today, we do have these. Let, let me give you a couple of them that are, that are uh, practical things. Uh, this is one that I like. It says, a bad workman always blames his tools. <laughs> Woo, ouch, right? This is about somebody who, who, who blames their equipment or other external factors as an excuse for a bad performance or a poorly done task. Woo, so you gotta remember this. You gotta be like, okay, it's all about me doing my best work. Some of these proverbs were connected to emotionally. Like, have you heard the absence makes the heart grow fonder? Everybody say, aw. Right? We understand this. Like, it speaks to us. It tells us that when we're separated from somebody we love, we, we, we love them even more. Right? There's, there's that sense there. And, and then there's some that are a warning. Listen to this one. All that glitter is not gold. And I heard it like honey child at the end of that. Right? <laughs> like, things may appear to look good. And then you take a closer look and you realize, man, it's just glitter. It's not all that I thought it would be. Or you heard, the grass always seems greener on the other side. I mean, these are proverbs that, that we say. And, and, and here's my favorite one. Uh, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. This is one that I post at times for myself to remember that if I wanna do big things, it starts with making a decision to take one step in the right direction. And so I love these Proverbs. I think they're, they're definitely good things, these, 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 these amazing little gems of truth with a deep meaning. We love that. I, I think that there's something in our soul way down deep that enjoys, that this, that this speaks to our hearts, that we wanna cling to these things because there's something inside of us that when we hear it or when we see it, we recognize it as, mm, that's right. Mm, that's true. And we like that. We, 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 we like to glean things like that. That's a sign of a good proverb. Well, you know that the Bible has a collection of these proverbs. Proverbs given to us by God through a man named Solomon. And that's what we're gonna dive into. This guy wasn't just a normal guy. He had a big job. He was a king. And he wasn't just a king, but he was the son of a great king named David. And this king, this man, who sought after God's wisdom, he wrote three books of our Bible. He wrote the book of Proverbs, the book of Ecclesiastes, and the book of Song of Solomon. And in this, in, in, in all these books, you see just a wealth of wisdom, a wealth of knowledge, some truths that he lived out, truths that he learned through life. I wanna give you the purpose of this book. Before we dive in, we gotta have a little background of why this matters, why we're taking time to dive into it. See, the book of Proverbs was to teach people how to obtain wisdom and discipline. How many need that today? Need a little more wisdom and a little more discipline in your life, right? I'm glad you're here because we're all in the same boat, right? We all need this. It is for us to learn what is right and what is fair. In short, I would say this. It is to give us uh, to learn how to apply divine wisdom to our daily lives. And that's what God wants. I, I, I love the fact that God is a God who wants us to learn how to take these truths and apply them to make them applicable. And that's what I love about God's word is that every single part of it is applicable to your life today. I love that. I love that. And 
I think the reason why God gives us these like memorable short little sayings for us to memorize is that, that God knew that for us, like we, we, we like the satisfaction of, unsol- of solving a riddle. How many of you guys are riddle people, right? They frustrate me, so don't tell me a riddle, okay? Because I'll be thinking about it all week. But there's some, you know, there's that satisfaction of discovering the answer, right? And I think God knew the way our brains work, and he knew that if he gave us these proverbs, these riddles for us to ponder and and stew over, that there would be more truths to unearth, and that is satisfying to us. I think it's interesting that God wants to plant something in our heart, but he goes through our mind, because he knows that in order to have a wise life, you have to have wise thoughts. And so that's why this book is important for us to ponder, to dig through, you know, but there's a challenge to it. You know, when we read these Proverbs, there's a challenge. Why? Because we have to dig a little bit to unearth some of the goodness. It, it could feel like a riddle, but I, I'm, I'm thankful that God has that because as we wrestle with these things, as we look for deeper meanings, it's really gonna get embedded into our hearts. So we're gonna take time. We're gonna spend some time going in through this. And I think it's important that as we look through the Bible, all 66 books, that we understand uh, the the style that it's written in. You know, nobody taught me this until I started taking Bible classes to understand that that the Bible's not written in the same way, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that the Bible's not all written in the same style. You know, we understand this about the Bible, that there's parts of the Bible that that are narrative and historical, and they give us historical events. We, I love that the Bible has, has uh, things to learn about the law of God and his holiness, and we have books of the Bible that are telling us and teaching us about the law. And then we have the prophetic books where it's these prophets that shared prophetic things to us, and, and we're learning so much about God through the prophetic voice. I love the Gospels, right? Like you learn about the life of Jesus, what he taught, what he did. And in the epistles where it was given to the church to give us sound doctrine, teach us how to do this thing called church. And then there's some parts of the Bible that are poetry. They're written in, in poetry, and they're written through with songs. And that's the book of Psalms, one of the big ones, and the book of Proverbs. And why I'm telling you all this is because in order to study this at its best, you have to understand how it was written, the style behind it, so that you can understand it, so that you can dig deep. See, as we dive into this book of Proverbs, we're gonna see that this style is gonna be challenging for some of us because it's gonna come in poetry. It's gonna come in brief parables. It's gonna come in pointed questions. It's, he's gonna have these characters that, are, that, that he's going to, to, to describe that may not make a whole lot of sense at first, but it, it's actually the, he's personifying like greed and, and wisdom and foolishness, and we have to read it the way it was written. There's also some themes in here. If you look at the whole book of Proverbs, you see that there's three major themes. There's wisdom for the young. How many young people in this house? Right, this book is for you. Yeah, I'm glad you're excited. There's wisdom for all people, all people. So that covers everybody, the ones that didn't say woo-woo. And wisdom for leaders, wisdom for leaders. But I I think it's amazing, because I think God, he, he wired us in such a magnificent way. He made our minds uh, so amazing and extraordinary. You know, I think that woven into our hearts, what separates us from all creation is that we have this beautiful mind, that, that when we think about things, we ponder and we, 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 we analyze and conceptualize and theorize and discuss and, and we, do, we, we talk about everything from science to the supernatural. I mean, how many of you guys enjoy a good conversation that goes deep? Come on, those campfire conversations, right? That you just can kind of talk and, un, and unpack some of, the, some of the greater things, the deeper things. 
think God designed us that way. He wants us to grow in our knowledge, grow in our understanding, and grow in our wisdom. You know, God, God wants to give us that. He wants us to obtain knowledge. I mean, our brains are created like sponges, and knowledge is good. I mean, we live in a culture that we are, we are hammered by information. We can gain lots of knowledge, and knowledge is good, but there's a big difference between knowledge is gaining facts and wisdom, knowing how to apply those facts. And we need, we need both, friends, we need both. I mean, we can, we can collect all this knowledge, but how many of you know that knowledge without wisdom is useless? We must learn how to live out what we know. So this author, this king, this, this great, amazing king named Solomon, I wanna give you a little context because this guy, he lived 3,000 years ago and you're probably thinking, what is a guy who lived 3,000 years ago, what does he have to say and what can I learn from him in 2019? We're gonna find out a lot. This guy understood a lot. He had a very hard job. What is that? Is that he had to follow a very successful king who happened to be his father. My goodness, now, sometimes one of the hardest things to do is follow a successful leader. Trust me, I know, right? He had a hard job. Not only that, but he was 20 years old when he was given the throne. He was handed over the keys to the kingdom at, the year, at 20 years old. I mean, come on, somebody wouldn't hand you your car, their car keys at you at 20, right? I mean, some of you guys think about who you were and what you were doing at 20. Man, that's kind of scary, right? This guy was handed over the kingdom. And we see that King David, before he died, he spent a lot of time with his son. He knew that one day he would ascend to the throne. He knew that he would, he would have to learn how to be a leader, how to be a king, have to be, how to be a man after God's own heart like he was. And so he spent a lot of time, and the Bible gives us a glimpse of some of these conversations that he had, the impartation of wisdom that he gave his son. And one of the things he continued to tell Solomon was stay close to God. Don't, don't venture off, but stay close. Stay close. And at the beginning of his reign, after his dad died, after he was handed over the power, sitting on the throne, now he was the guy that everybody came to, everybody looked to. I mean, I don't know about you, but that freaks me out, right? To think about all that given to this young man, and he didn't know where to start, he didn't know what to do, but yet God spoke to him in a dream. God was there for him, and God spoke to him, and God told him this. He said, ask, and I will give you anything that you want. Wow, imagine that. Imagine God today going to, coming to you and asking you, I'll give you anything that you want. What would you ask for? What would you ask for? I think some of you guys think you're really clever. You said, I'd ask for two more wishes, right? Well, let me tell you, God's not a genie, okay? That only works in the movies, right? You can read about this in 1 Kings chapter three. But he asked him, he says, I'll give you anything that you want. And this is an amazing question and I think God used this question to expose this man's heart. And you know what this man said? You know, some of us would have asked for a billion dollars. Some of us would have asked for great power, a great army, for a long life. This guy didn't ask for any of those things. You know what he asked for? He said this, he said, give me understanding of the heart. Give me discernment between good and evil. That's all I want, God, so that I can lead your people. Wow, that was his answer. Isn't that amazing? That was amazing to me. I thought, wow. You know, that tells me that he was already a wise person for giving that answer to God, right? 
But something happened. This wasn't just normal wisdom. This was, he, was, he was a wise person at the time. But what God did is that God imparted supernatural wisdom. He imparted something divine. He put, uh, he put him in a space where he was able to expand his thoughts, expand his understanding, understand the deep things of God. And we know that that's for you today as well. So he became not only just a wise man, but he became the wisest man on the face of the earth at the time. So God gave him this tremendous wisdom to rule and to reign with. And, and on top of that, God gave him all the other things he didn't ask for. He gave him power. He gave him prosperity. He gave him peace. So what did he do with all that wisdom? Well, the Bible writes about all his things that he did. He did some amazing things. He, he united a nation. He became a very powerful king. He, 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 created, he, he built this amazing temple to God. I mean, he did a lot of things. And finally, towards the end of his life, he has a son and he brings his son in and he knows that now in the tradition of his father, now he's gonna pass on some wisdom, pass on the things he's learned. All the wisdom that God gave him, he's gonna pass it on to the next king. And so he brings him in and this, my friends, is what we get to read. This is where it all starts to come out as he's writing this book of Proverbs. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Proverbs chapter one. And if you don't know where that's at, if you have the paper Bible, just open it up in half. You probably found Psalms and keep going right, okay? It's the next one right after that. Proverbs chapter one, starting in verse one. It says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, and then he talks about why this is giving. He says, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight. So he starts off telling us why this was written. And he says, it's for wisdom, for instructions, for words of insight. How many of you need that today? How many right now are, are thinking in your life, man, I need a little more insight. I need a little more wisdom. Why do we need this? Why? Because all of us, no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, you are given this right and this power to make decisions. Every day you make decisions. Every day you make decisions. Every week you make decisions. Every year you make decisions that impact your world, impact your life. And let's be honest, some of us, we look back at our past, we've made some bad decisions. We've made some unwise decisions. Some of us are bearing scars today from those decisions. And yet God has given us access to having wisdom so that we can make the right decisions at the right time. So whether they're big or small, God is mindful of every decision that you made. And he wants to help you walk that out. See, here's the problem. The problem so many times is that, is that we are given this power. We're given the, all these decisions to make. And sometimes we don't know what to do with it. Sometimes we don't handle it well. And, and I did a little research this week. I wanna say, what, what makes us make bad decisions? What are some forces, what are some pressures that give us, that make us have bad decisions? And here's the top two. Number two is emotional frustration. Emotional frustration. Sometimes it's hard to make a wise decision when you're emotionally frustrated, when you're distracted, when you're thinking about other things, when you're drained emotionally. How many of you have ever been there before? Come on, moms are gonna help me out. How many moms, when you have to make a decision, an adult decision, and in the background you just keep hearing mom, 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 right? That is an emotional, frustrating decision that you're about to make. Sometimes you're just like, whatever, like, let's just do it, right? Here's another one, this is the top one, is decision fatigue. We have so many choices that we're just so overwhelmed with them. We make so many little decisions that when the big decisions happen or when we're, we're just tired of making decisions. 
and we just kind of default to allow somebody else to make it for us. Have you ever been there? You're just like, I don't care, let's just, whatever. Without seeking wise counsel, without, without really thinking through what the consequences to that decision is, we're just, we're just ready, we're fatigued, we're tired. And I think that these things play in our lives every day, and sometimes we're, you, we, we make bad decisions based on that. With technology and the speed of life, we are forced to make a lot of life-altering decisions quicker in our culture. And that's important, we have to understand these pressures, so we have to seek wisdom and counsel we have to think about all the consequences to those decisions. You know, unfortunately, there's a lot of young people that I know that are 21 and they're in debt, they're addicted, and they have a hard heart towards God and other people. Why? Because they felt pressure to make these life-changing decisions when they weren't ready for it or they weren't seeking the counsel. So I guarantee that if, that if you stay with us, if you, if you continue to allow God's word to be embedded in your heart, if you stick with us for the five weeks, I think you're gonna be a lot smarter person on the end of the summer, right? You might think, well, that sounds very arrogant of you. No, I just believe in the word of God and I believe that it has the power to transform you. And God's given us book of wisdom, his book of wisdom for us to learn from and grow from. Now for you overachievers here, I'm gonna give you extra credit. In the month of July, I want to read through the book of Proverbs so that means that we gotta do a chapter a day. There's 31 chapters, there's 31 days in July. Who's with me, okay? So you just dive in there, talk to me. You could, we, could, we could correspond. I wanna dig deep in this study, but I think that's gonna be amazing. But I wanna start off as an intro, just giving you three questions, three questions that I think will give you direction as we dive in to this book. Three questions that I believe that as we study it out for the next five weeks, I guarantee that you will become a better decision maker. Who wants that? Because here's the thing, you can't have a good life making bad decisions, and we want a good life here. So the first question is this, why seek wisdom? See, in order to understand the why, you have to know the what. What is wisdom? And this is God's definition of wisdom, verse three. It says, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right, just, and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables and saying and riddles of the wise, listen to this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So why seek wisdom? Why seek wisdom? Well, Solomon, he, he, he gives us some words to think through. Words that will define wisdom and why it's important. He gives us four words. He gives us the word insight, instruction, prudence, and discernment. What's insight? He talks about this word insight, and the Hebrew meaning is this. It's someone who looks really close at something. You guys ever play those little, uh, those little picture games where you see two pictures, and from afar, they look exactly the same? And then you start studying it, and you realize that as you study it, you start seeing the little differences, the little variances in what the two pictures are. Well, this is the word insight. This is what it means in the Hebrew, is that it's someone who will look close at a situation. Everybody else will say, oh yeah, that looks the same, but it's a wise person that has insight that can get deep and close and see the changes, and they realize that the differences makes all the difference in making a decision. That's the godly insight. That's what he wants us to do. That's a godly person. It's instruction is the next one, instruction. Now this instruction isn't getting all this information to make you look better, to make you look smarter. This instruction is saying, this is not just to make you think better or to know more, it's to make you a better person. Instructions to apply knowledge for character development. 
The goal is not to know more things. The goal is to become a better person. That's the kind of instructions that's getting passed on through wisdom. The third one is prudence. It means to be strategic, to have purpose behind it, to be a good steward, to be efficient and effective. God's wisdom can make our lives more efficient and more effective. Amen? That's awesome. And then the fourth one is discernment. It's knowing when to take the risk. Knowing when to take the risk. See, knowledge is knowing what to do, but wisdom is knowing when to do it. You've heard me say this before, that, that, that timing is important. The right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. And many of us, man, we've made bad decisions based on timing. It might have felt like it was the right thing. It might have looked good, but when we stepped into that, we realized this was the wrong thing. This was the wrong timing. And then he says this. He says, you need to fear the Lord. Now, we tend to look at that and we get worried. We're like, what does that mean? Fear is scary. Why am I supposed to be scared of God? You know, we think of it as a negative fear, which we all understand. And many of us are basing our decisions on fear. What will people think of me? What will happen what if the harm comes to my life? How, why, why, I don't wanna suffer more than what I am, so I have to be careful, and we base a lot of our decisions on fear. And then he says, fear God? You're like, how, how is that supposed to work? Because we see fear as a negative thing. But I want you to know this morning, there's also a positive side to fear. The positive side to fear is this, and the fear that he's describing is this, is that we have deep respect and reverence towards God. I kinda wanna take it another step in that definition, that's a great definition, but I wanna tell you this, is that I also think that this, this positive fear is actually when, when you have great anticipation of something great that it humbles you. I mean, think about that. Uh, and the best way I can relate to it is, is, is the birth of my kids. You know, when, 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 when we were at the hospital and, and we had our kids, and then you know that moment, you parents understand this, when they give you that child and tell you to go home? And you have this sense of like, there's great anticipation. I'm humbled by this, that I'm in care of this little human. Oh my goodness, I don't know what to do, but I have this great excitement and anticipation of parenthood. You know what I'm talking about? And I'm telling you that there's this healthy fear that God looks at every one of your lives and he says, I wanna choose you to be part of my story. I wanna choose you to do great things. And in order for you to do it right, then you need to take your life and you need to take care of your life and live your life to the fullest so that you can do everything that God has called you to do. That should bring great excitement, but it should humble you at the same time. That's positive fear. And that's the beginning of wisdom is that you come to this place and say, God, show me how to take care of my life so that I can glorify you the most. That's, he says that when you get to that place, that's when, that's the beginning of wisdom. That's the beginning of this godly knowledge is that when you gotta get into that posture in your heart so that you can receive all that God has for you. So we gotta start with beginning and understand this wisdom. Now our culture, it teaches us that we need to take as much information as we can so that we can bend our reality to our preference. And what a wise person says is like, no, I am not going to avoid this reality. I'm not going to deny this reality. I know where I stand. I know where my marriage is right now. I know where my relationship with my child is right now. I know how messed up my finances. They don't deny it. They understand it, but they don't stay there. What they try to do is they say, okay, God, this is where I'm at, but this is not where I wanna be. So I need your wisdom. I need your knowledge. I need you to help me to be competent so that I can get out of this mess, but I'm gonna rely on your ways so that I can walk through this and meet the other side of where you have for me. That's wisdom. That's walking in wisdom. And I think that that's what God wants to give us. You know, 
There's a psychologist who did a, did a study here, and he took, he, he took people from all around the world to 33 different countries, and they were from different backgrounds, different ages, and he asked them the same question, and it's interesting that he came up with three answers that everybody gave. The question was this, what do you do when you feel threatened, when you feel pressured? What do you do? How do you respond? How do you react? A lot of people gave an anxious response. They ran. They avoided Another person gave an aggressive response. They said, I fight and I react. And then there was a third response, which is the thoughtful response. They said, I hold on, I think, before I run. I think before I react. How many of you think you know what the wisest answer is? Here's the truth. All of them are the right answer, sometimes and the wrong answer most of the time. See, wisdom is knowing the difference. Wisdom is knowing the difference. See, there's a time to run, there's a time to fight, and there's a time to wait, but wisdom is knowing the difference. And God wants to give us that discernment, that supernatural discernment to, to understand the difference. See, the default we have is to go by our feelings and our gut and to, and to bend our reality to do what we want. But if I pursue wisdom, if I'm looking to God's wisdom, then I will add character and competency in my life so that I can overcome my feelings and act right, behave correctly. So the question this morning that you had to ask is, okay, this is wisdom, this is what I need, I have to value this. And I think a lot of times when we make a decision, this is where our filter goes. We think about this. We say, is this right or is this wrong? Don't raise your hand. But many of us, we ask this question when we make a decision. Is it right or is it wrong? And I know a lot of moral people that make a lot of bad, unwise decisions. Because the question isn't, is, is it right or wrong? I think you know the difference. I think sometimes when we say, is this right or wrong, we're basically trying to find out where the line is. But do you know what the correct answer is? It's not whether it's right or whether it's wrong. It's, is this wise? Is this wise? There's so many people I know that there's a right thing to do, but it's just, like I said, the timing's off. And so maybe it's not wise for them to step into that. Andy Stanley says it best. He says this. He says, when you make a decision, any decision, you should ask yourself these three, these three questions. He says, is it wise in light of my past? Is this wise in light of my present? You know where I'm going. Is this wise in light of my future? You know, raising kids, my, my son, he's 17, soon to be 18. He's got a senior year next year. And, you know, I'll tell you this, that, that my relationship with him, my parenting has made a big switch the last few years. And it's been intentional. You know what, what it is? When we talk, I ask him more questions than give him lectures. By now, he's heard it all. He's also sat under my preaching, so he's heard it all. <laughs> he said, come on. But when I talk to him now, I say, hey, consider this, son. Hey, think about these options. Think about this consequence. Think about this. But then I give him 90% of the power to make the decisions on his own because I understand that he's gonna learn. He's gonna have to make decisions for himself. A good question for us to ask our children sometimes, is this wise 10 years from now? See, my hope and my goal isn't to have a perfect son, but my hope and my goal is to have a wise son. And sometimes that means that you gotta make a few mistakes, but then you know and you learn from those mistakes, and when you learn how to make the decisions, the decisions will not be made for you. C.S. Lewis says, little decisions you make today build the character that is in us, 
that allows us to be wise or unwise in our big decision. This is why this matters. This is why this is important. Is because every decision you make is building your future. If you don't like where that's leading, then you have the power to change that today through the grace and the help of God. That's the good news. And so we have to learn that every decision we make, is, it, it matters. We, there, it is weighty. And if you're making little decisions, I'm telling you, exercise that muscle so that when the big decisions come, you'll be ready and you'll make the wise choice. So the last question, as I close out this morning, this is just an intro, so get ready, is when you make decisions and when you are trying to do what's wise, who are you listening to? Because we're all listening to somebody. We're all being influenced by someone or something or a group. And you, this morning, have to know that you have this power, that you have this God-given authority to, to walk this thing out on your own. And I wanna ask you, whose voice are you listening to? And do you have wise counsel? And what you'll un- see throughout this passage or throughout this book is that Solomon keeps reminding people that, 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 that who you surround yourself with matters. The voices you listen to matter. And he says that you need to surround yourself with people that are wise, people that can give you good counsel, people that are not after them, they're what's good for them, but in your best interests. Who are those people? Do you have those people? Are there people in your life that you look to as wise, as knowledgeable? Here's the good news. God wants you to grow in this. God wants you to learn. God wants you to develop this muscle. God wants to take you places. He wants to give you deeper understanding. You know what the Bible says? In the New Testament, in James 1, 5, it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. It is a promise from God that if you come today and you say, God, I wanna grow in this, I wanna learn more, so the last part is this, is in how do I get it, Pastor Omar? How, how does this thing work practically? I hear it, I'm all about it, I want it, but how does this work practically? How do I do this? I wanna help you out. I wanna give you some practical steps that you can start right now and kind of move forward as we dive into this book and study more. The first thing is study with humility. Study with humility. You wanna grow? You wanna obtain this wisdom? You gotta learn how to study. I am convinced that the word study has become a bad word in our culture. And I blame my junior high days. Because <laughs> it was in junior high that I was forced to do these boring book studies. I'm apologizing right now to any junior high teachers. You do an amazing job. But when I was in junior high, when they made me do book reports, man, it was the worst. And so we hear the word study and we start to moan and groan and we're like, oh, I don't wanna do that. But you know what I've learned? That as an adult, we study what we love. I could hang out with a lot of you guys and I can learn about your hobbies and you have studied your hobbies for years. You love those things. You become expert at those things. So I know that you have that muscle in you. And I think that if you come to God and you say, God, I wanna learn wisdom, and as you start diving into God's word and you start learning wisdom and start gleaning, learning how to glean wisdom from God's word, you'll start to fall in love with God's word like never before. You'll start seeing from the beginning to the end, it is a wealth and a resource of wisdom, godly wisdom. But the humility part comes from you coming to this place where you're like, God, I wanna learn more. 
God, I don't have it all figured out. Can I tell you as a pastor, I have not had it figured out yet. I'm still working towards that. You know what I love? I love being around people that are 60, 70, 80, 90 years old and they are still learning new things. Those are the funnest people to, learn, to be around. They, you know what I also learned about them is they have so much joy because they enjoy learning new things. You know who are the most grumpiest people to be around? It doesn't matter how old they are. People who think they know it all and seen it all. Whew. But as you get to learn and grow, it becomes life in you. The other part is seek feedback from the mature. Seek feedback from the mature. Find people in your life that are a lot farther down the road than you are. See people that are great at doing certain things that you're like, I wanna obtain that. So guess what? I'm gonna invite you to coffee. I'm gonna invite you to dinner. I'm gonna hang out with you. I'm gonna ask you questions. I wanna learn. I wanna grow. I wanna get that godly wisdom. And guess what? The people who have this wisdom are all around you. It's not just the person up front with the notes. I believe that the body of Christ is a wealth of wisdom. And there's mentors all around. The other thing is suffering without giving up. See, as an American culture, we hate that word suffering. We don't wanna suffer. We try to get all this information so that we avoid suffering. But Solomon, the most wisest man on earth, he knew something that we need to learn is that you can't avoid suffering on earth. It's gonna happen, so you might as well not give up, pressure, push through it, and learn from it. And that's what you'll see. And then the last part is this. Search with persistence. He tells us that in chapter two that it's like a treasure. He tells us that it's like getting silver, fine silver. And it's interesting that he uses that word. He doesn't use gold because how do you find gold? You find gold in nuggets, right? And then you refine it in fire and you get all the impurities out and you get pure gold. But silver, you don't find silver in nuggets. Where do you find silver? You have to extract it from other metals. And he's saying that wisdom is, such, is the same way. When you want wisdom, when you search for wisdom, you gotta be persistent and you gotta extract it from life experience. You gotta extract it from other people's lives. You gotta extract it from the examples around you. And most of all, you gotta extract it from the word of God. But you gotta be persistent. You gotta keep showing up. You gotta keep taking notes. You gotta, even if it's hard and even if you don't get it, but you gotta circle around it until you start finding the understanding and the wisdom and it will change your life when you find that treasure. And God wants you to experience it. And it's those people that find that, that realize, man, it's worth it all. It's priceless. Can we stand? So where are you in this journey? Where are you? How do we respond the answer is this, with humility. Before we dive in deep, we're gonna take a moment to posture our heart for this. And we're gonna stop and we're gonna ponder and we're gonna say, God, where am I? And can we come to God with this heart of humility to say, God, I don't know, I need to learn. God, I want more. And if that's you today, if you have a big decision that you gotta make, some of you guys are carrying some decisions that are weighing your neck. I can see it when you come in. And I want you to know that God is mindful of you. And so if you got a big decision in front of you, will you bring it before God? Can I give you an opportunity right now before you walk out of here to just present it before God and say, God, help me in this decision. It's big. Give me the wisdom. Give me the discernment. Give me the insight. Come on, ask, and it will be given. So if we could just close our eyes and bow our heads. I'm gonna pray for you, and then I want you to take an opportunity to talk to your heavenly Father, who's attentive right now.
who's listening right now. Father, I just lift up my friends to you today, God, as we collectively as a church, God, God, I don't know what I'm doing all the time. God, I need your help. God, I see something big for our church this fall, but I need your help. I need your discernment. I need your guidance. I need your insight. I need your wisdom. So help me, and also I believe that there is many of us in this room that are making big decisions this fall, decisions that will shape our future. And so God, I pray that this is an opportunity for them to present it towards you and say, God, I'm sorry for not going to you first. God, I'm sorry for not looking to your wisdom, God, and doing it on my own. But today I bring it before you and I ask you humbly, God, will you now give me insight, give me discernment, Will you take away the pressure and the distraction so that I can hear you more clearly? Because I believe, Father, that you have a good plan for my future. So Lord, I give it to you. If that's you right now, just raise your voice to heaven right now. Be as detailed as you wanna be. Be as open as you wanna be. And feel the Holy Spirit come and comfort you to let you know that you're not alone, that he sees you and that he's guiding you with his gentle hand. And God, I pray for the rest of us as a church, God, that we go into this series with open hearts so that you can change us and transform us from the inside out. We thank you for your wisdom, your knowledge, and your truth. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. Well, God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. Don't forget to support our young people at camp. We'll see you next week.